Each episode of Education with an Edge is meant to create, cultivate, and inspire honest discussion about issues affecting youth. Hosted by author, artist, educator, advocate, and speaker, Jaquel Lane. Hello and welcome. I'm Jaquel Lane and this is Education with an Edge, the podcast where every child matters because that's what we believe and you should too. I am so very excited for our featured guest today. Stephanie Olson is a speaker, an author, and the CEO of the Set Me Free Project. Stephanie holds degrees in psychology. Her experience includes six years of curriculum writing and development for women experiencing domestic violence, homelessness, and alcohol, as well as drug addictions. She has eight years of educating women in the area of empowerment and intrinsic value, nine years of educating youth ages 11 to 18 in healthy relationships, the dangers of human sex trafficking, and social media safety. Stephanie has uh, had extensive training in research and study of human trafficking, prevention, education, and social media safety. She is also a very sought-after speaker on the subject of women, youth, and human trafficking. Stephanie leads the Set Me Free Project to help prevent youth and young adults from ever seeking the dark side of trafficking. She speaks to women, youth, and families all over the United States on life issues and the dangers of human trafficking. We are so very honored to have you here today, Stephanie. This is um, not only a privilege, but this is actually a topic, and I spoke with you um, on the phone about this that I've been wanting to to breach for a long time. So yeah. thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yes. And with that, I love teachers. And so um, thank you for everything <laughs> that you're doing um, to help our community and educate this on this very important topic. Absolutely. So um, we'll just go ahead and, and jump right in. So in here. So um, if you just want to tell us a little bit about the Set Me Free project and how, how did it get started? Yeah, sure. So um, I had been working in those areas that just exhausted me listening to that right now. So, <laughs> so accomplished. I was like, oh, you go, It girl. sounds better than it was, I think. But yeah, so I'd been working with women in the areas of addiction and homelessness and things like that. And um, one of the women that I was working with, who is one of was the co-founder of the Set Me Free Project, said, let's work with sex trafficked women, having no idea what that meant. And in our mind, we thought, you know, it's the movie Taken. It's these women who get kidnapped and shipped overseas. And yeah, we can do some work with them. And as we started to study what was actually happening in the community, it was nothing like that at all. And um, having worked with youth as well, uh, realized, gosh, those are the targets and those are the ones that are in trouble and yet no one's telling them that they're the targets of trafficking. No one's talking to their parents. And so really there were a lot of good things happening in the area of counter-trafficking, but there was a huge gap with education, huge gap with prevention. And so we decided to fill it. That is absolutely phenomenal, Stephanie. And I think that you also just spoke to the fact that I think that 
the community at large sees this as such an outside. It does. Yeah. We do see it as a as a as how it's been portrayed in movies, or we see it as it happening somewhere else yeah. outside entirely. And the fact of the matter is, is that, and we'll talk about it today. It's going on right here in our own backyards, yes. which is yes. frightening. Um, to me as a sixth grade teacher teaching, you know, 11 and 12 year olds and, and the statistics that, that are behind that. So um, how do traffickers use what we post on social media pages to form connections? You know, it's like, I've done episodes in the past on social media and the importance of, of anti-bullying and things on social media, but Oftentimes, young people don't understand that once it's out there, it's very difficult to get back yes. if, if impossible. And yes. so um, please help, you know, educate us, ed- educate our viewers on how traffickers use what what we post on social media um, to form connections Absolutely. with these kiddos. Well, I think one of the biggest things that we need to understand is that, um, it isn't about kidnapping. It's not about that. It's about building relationships. And because we have taken our small community and turned it global with social media, these, um, these traffickers have access to our kiddos all the time. And what we tell kids when we're talking to them is when you have access to the world, the world has access to you. And so it's really important to understand that what you post can be seen by anybody. And because social media is such a connector, and especially, you know, when we're isolated, when we're not able to see our friends or whatever it may be, it's such a connector. It's where we get our social activity and our social entertainment or whatever it may be. We tend to look at it more as a friend than as what it really is. And so we've got all of these people we're allowing to follow us on social media, people we don't know, or people we think, oh, well, they're a friend of a friend, and that's okay. And now we've got people following us that might not be safe, might want to do us harm. And when we post something, they can access it. I think that's so powerful, and that's such a powerful message that... I mean, I know that I'd like to think that I wasn't that old, but it wasn't too long ago, um, I hope, that I was in school. And we didn't have, I mean, and I, I mentioned this to someone the other day. I said, you know, Facebook came out when I was a freshman in college, and it was only for people, here's the kicker, it was only for people that were had university emails. So you didn't have to worry yes. about your grandma, bless her heart, mm-hmm. being on Facebook, or your history teacher from the fifth grade being on Facebook. And it's completely changed the trajectory of how everybody right. looks at this because what was kind of used as a social forum to stay in connection with your high school friends because you were mm-hmm. all leaving for college has now, as you said, turned into a worldwide phenomenon yes. that, that maybe nobody could have imagined. And students really need to be educated right. in, in a, on, on the safety um, and the safety of social media. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it would be great to clearly define what's human trafficking is and what it looks like in the United States. There are very common misconceptions surrounding what trafficking looks like. So please do educate us. What is is human trafficking? Yes. Human trafficking is the buying and selling of a human being. That's it. And it's done through force, fraud, or coercion. And it's for the profit of somebody else. And so when we're talking about human trafficking, 
in most states, we're talking about three people. We're talking about the buyer, the seller, and the individual being trafficked. So it's those three people, and there has to be something exchanged of value. That can be money, that can be drugs, that can be a place to stay, anything of value. And so that's what it is in its simplest form. And we, we're talking about sex trafficking. What we see most often in the Midwest, and really in, in the states as a whole, is sex trafficking and labor trafficking. So sex trafficking, commercial sex, um, that is forced. And so when we're talking about a minor, any commercial sex is considered sex trafficking. When we're talking about an adult, force, fraud, or coercion must be proven. And so the buying and selling of a person for commercial sex, labor trafficking, buying and selling of a human being for labor, for work, forced work. So that's what we're seeing. Which is so frightening in a country that stands for freedom, freedom and, right. and, and human rights and, and the protection of our, of our citizens and of people. Yeah. It's just absolutely heartbreaking it is. to even hear you say that um, because I can't imagine, and I know that a lot of our viewers can't imagine, you know, we think of especially in the Midwest, the United States as well, but in the Midwest, it's these good home values and positive. Everybody looks out for everyone. Um, and so to, to know that this is actually a really huge problem, um, especially with us being right on the interstate. I mean, it happens every day, right under our noses all the time. Right. Um, which is, is absolutely, um, horrific and, and terrifying. Um, where does trafficking occur um, and, and what does it look like? So that's a great question because one of the most frightening things that I can probably tell you today is that one of the number one places, the number two places that traffickers find the individuals they traffic, number one is social media, number two is school. And so I think a lot of times we're thinking it's at the truck stops, it's as long as I stay away from the big events or I don't let my kids go by themselves. But if it's happening on social media and it's happening in school, then we know that that's where our kids are all of the time. And so one of the things I tell parents consistently is it's not those kids over there. You know, we have that mindset. It's those kids. (laughs) And that's not the case. It's our kids. And I would say as a parent, it's your kiddos, it's your grandkids, and it's in your home because of social media. I, that is just so poignant, A, how you put that. But um, first of all, we have a lot of educators that listen to this podcast and, and we have a lot of kiddos as well. And I think that you speak to the fact that it's really easy it's really easy to place people into a box and yeah. to say, well, it doesn't happen in this part of town and it doesn't happen right. in, and in, in, in this school. But as you said, our children have access to the World Wide Web, which has exposed them to legitimately everyone yes. and everything. And I think, too, you know, it, it doesn't mean that parents aren't being diligent about safety 
um, you know, protocol and things with their devices, but there's kids that I can't even keep up with. They know more about how to get into and access. And I know that as a teacher firsthand, yes. I mean, before we can even create the firewall, the kiddos there, they you are know, 10 times smarter I mean, than we are. <laughs> the babies grew up with iPads. Let's yes. just get that. I mean, I had a flip phone and not until I was older and I can, you know, so I can't imagine, you know, trying to stay, 10 paces ahead, you know, uh, of, of technology and, and what they are able to access. As a parent, it's extremely intimidating. It really is because how it's a full-time job. I mean, this is part of what we do to stay on top of social media, find out what the new apps are, finding out how the kids are using it. There's no way one parent can do that on their own. It's, it's impossible. Which is why it's so phenomenal that or, an organization um, like yours is taking this head on because I do think that it's daunting for parents um, it, because there would be not enough hours in the day to yeah. monitor every single second that they're on there. And even if you have their password or you have access to their device, right. the child can change it and can figure out ways around it. Um, so... Discuss with us the stigma around who can become a victim, um, you know, and I, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I think that there are certain um, stigmas around, you know, it can happen to this person. Right. Um, but as you stated, I mean, anyone can become a victim, no matter your class, education, race, or life experiences. So is that true? Can literally... And legitimately, anyone become a victim. Absolutely. You know, traffickers go after the vulnerable. And vulnerabilities, we all have them. They're not just, they're weak. They're not weaknesses. We think of vulnerabilities as weaknesses. Right. But we all have vulnerabilities. And some of them are not weaknesses. And so we know that there are certain vulnerabilities in certain populations that traffickers gravitate towards. So... We know that kiddos who have grown up in the foster care system or who are there currently, juvenile justice, kids that um, are in the LGBTQ plus population, and not because they're LGBT, but because they may have been displaced or they may not be accepted. Um, so there are definitely populations that are easily um, accessible, so to speak, but there's the kids that don't feel loved. They don't feel they have value. And that really is the foundation of our curriculum, that you have an intrinsic value that no one can change. And when we really understand that, we treat ourselves different. But when we understand that everybody has value, we can't buy somebody, we can't sell somebody, we can't even bully somebody because we recognize how incredibly valuable they are. So that is the key thing. But because of that, um, everybody's at risk. Everybody's at risk because we all have vulnerabilities. I am just even thinking back, and, and I'm sure that you can, we all can, to to our lives, whether it was adolescence or, or high school or college, but there were definitely times in my life when I was extremely vulnerable. And I think back to if there would have been, you know, social media or it would have been more of a prevalence than what, how I would have channeled that time in my life and how I would have chosen, which is really frightening because, um, 
I grew up with a, in a very supportive home and things. And unfortunately, we know that our kiddos, not that is not true for right. for a large majority of them. And so um, I appreciate your honesty in saying that it, this can happen to anybody. This is not this is not just this demographic or or this this type of person because we all do have vulnerabilities that that yeah. and times in our lives when we're not as strong but I also love your positive uh, curriculum the positive behavioral support curriculum that states that once we learn to love ourselves um, it's definitely difficult to mistreat other people but it's difficult to mistreat ourselves mm-hmm. we know we know what we deserve right you know and what w- we should allow happen to us and not happen to us um so that's phenomenal. Um, how can one, you know, we talk about all the negatives and, 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 you know, obviously this is happening around us all the time. Um, how can, how can a person be safe online and how, how can we teach children and adults to establish safe, safe boundaries on social media? Yeah. Well, one of the things that we really try and do is get kiddos to critically think because we can't wag a finger at them and say, now don't do this. Cause that's not going to work. No. Um, and if we just tell them it's not safe, it's not going to make a difference. And we aren't in the business to teach them, here's how not to be trafficked, because it can't be their responsibility, right? So one of the things that we really try and do is have those conversations with kids to get them to critically think, okay, so if your bio on Instagram tells everybody what they need to know, and that's public, what do you think you could do instead to make it a little bit harder to access you? And really talking about some of those things, who are the people that are following you? Do we know them? How do you know them? And do you really know that some creepy person isn't looking into all your business? Let's, let's really look at that. And so those are some of the things. We want them to make those decisions on their own, but make smart, informed decisions. That is so brilliant and so needed in school systems, not just within our area, but throughout the United States. So very needed. Um, What are your thoughts on the current um, Save Our Children, Save the Children online movements, and how could they be more focused or effective? So there is a lot of misinformation online, and a lot of it is well-intended. I think that some of those movements come with the idea that, of course, we want our kids safe. Of course, we don't like trafficking. This is a bad thing. But when we sensationalize it and start to make it look like what it's not, then we miss what it really is. And so a lot of what's been happening on social media lately is all of this hype of, oh my gosh, watch out for the white van or, you know, all of these things that are not happening. And I always say when we're looking for the wrong things, we won't see the right thing. We won't see what's really going on. Exactly. What's really going on. Um, so you have, um, an event coming up. Yes. Can we talk about that and promote that a little bit? I'd love to. Okay. That would be great. Awesome. 
Yes, we've got um, our annual fundraiser, and we really do make it a fun, fun event. It's called Comedy for Change, Laugh Your Cash Off. So I love that. <laughs> it's clearly a fundraiser, but <laughs> we have a lot of fun. And probably one of the biggest questions I get is, why is a counter-trafficking organization having a comedy night? <laughs> And that's because that's our DNA. That's who we are. We talk to youth. We talk. And everything we do has humor in it. It has fun in it. All of our curriculum is engaging and exciting because that's how you learn. Yeah. And humor (laughs) is healing. It is so healing. Humor is healing. And it also, especially for kids um, and why I love this fundraiser, this is such a great idea. especially for kids, it's, it's difficult topics to bring up. It's difficult topics for adults to discuss. So unless there's humor, it kind of, you have to have digestible chunks in order to take that in. And we always say we take the topic very seriously. We do not take ourselves very seriously at all. So we have a lot of fun. So the fundraiser is a silent live auction. There's dinner and drinks. And we have um, a great um, auctioneer, Jonathan Larson, who is hilarious in and of himself. Um, Scott Voorhees from KFAB is going to be our MC, And we have Ty Barnett, it, who is an amazing comedian. He was on America's Got Talent and he's been all over. Um, just funny, funny, funny guy. And we are so excited. We're also doing a VIP reception before the event with Ty Barnett so people can meet him and, um, you know, just start early. Fabulous. That sounds um, so wonderful. So where can, where can we go to purchase tickets and support you? Setmefreeproject.net slash comedy. Go there and you can get tickets. Uh, You can also reach us at info at setmefreeproject.net if you have any questions. But uh, we would love for you to hop on our website and uh, check it out. Wonderful. Well, uh, Stephanie, I speak for myself and Education with an Edge podcast and say that this has been extremely informational and also you are just lovely and thank so you. very engaging and, and uh, intelligent. And, and thank you for your hard work that you're doing to truly save our children in the trenches because this is a silent predator that um, is sneaking up on us uh, right underneath our noses because yeah. social media is everywhere. Um, and so thank you for educating, um, educating children and for the work that you're doing. Um, and please do check out, um, the information that Stephanie just gave you. Um, I'm going to attend the event for sure, um, in support and we are just so very grateful. Thank you for being with us here today. Thank you. And thank you for what you do and your educators that are listening. Thank you for being on the front lines. Appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And um, signing off, this is Jaquel Lane with Stephanie Olson once again, host of Education with an Edge. Thank you for being with us here today, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. If you have a question or just want to learn more, go to JaquelLane.com. Thanks for listening to Education with an Edge. A Huda Media Production.